Fans of the Dynasty Invest podcast, if you feel like there was one particular episode in the back catalogue in the anthology of Dynasty Invest podcast episodes that really, really, really was massively valuable to you, feel free to share that with a fellow dental colleague who's in a similar position so their understanding of finance can be elevated and they can hit the next level of financial success in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. Try again. Anyway, 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 back for round two on the Tennessee Invest Facebook group this evening. Uh, accidentally, uh, the, the, the Zoom just terminated there on the last one. So anyway, we're picking things up where we left off. But you know what? We had just began. So guess what, guys? We've got all of that good stuff in front of you whenever it comes to knowledge from Dr. Amit Jilka. Just before we do that, just before we jump into Amit uh, and Amit giving us a little bit of a description as to who he is and also his opinion on going from single practice ownership to multiple practice ownership because that is something that Amit has actually smashed out of the park. We're going to do that in just a second. We're going to touch upon that in just a second. Just before we do, as ever, if you're watching this live this evening, Tuesday, the oh, the 6th of February, uh, just past half past six, then go ahead and throw a live in the comment section so we know how many people we've got watching this Facebook Facebook uh, Live broadcasting on the Dennis Invest Facebook group. And then in addition to that, if anybody's watching it on replay, it would be super helpful if you could go and throw replay in the comment section. Again, it's just so we have a really good idea of how many people are watching this broadcast on catch up versus live in, in the house. And therefore it allows us to tailor the content, make it even more engagement, uh, make it make it even more engage worthy, I suppose, so that we get even better engagement on the Dennis Invest Facebook group. Feel free to do that now. Anyway, guys, looking forward to your comments in the comment section. Remember, this is a live Q&A. Anything that you ask us while we're on the air, we will go ahead and endeavor to forward the best questions to Amit so that we can benefit from his immense expertise on the subject at hand. Anyway, that's enough of a spiel from me. Amit, how are you this evening? I'm good, thank you. Wunderbar. So, Amit, you've been on the Dennis Who Invest podcast before, and some people have, uh, well, they know you from, you know, the broader world of dentistry. The Dennis Who Invest audience will know you from that podcast. So, I'm wondering if you were able, able to do a little bit of an intro about yourself on the podcast this evening for people who are yet to come across you. So, yeah, um, I bought my first practice in 2012, uh, two surgery practice. Um, and over the 10 year period, <clears throat> kind of expanded it into four sites um, and recently launched a, a squat in August, uh, which was our fourth site. Um, we've grown a team of four people up to now 110. Wow. Can we just take two seconds and do that with our hands? Because that is something else. Fair play there. Over, over 30, uh, 30 clinicians um, that work as part of our team. Wow, we 110 team members that are flipping something else and through through part of through that journey you will well know the transition from single practice ownership to multiple practice ownership and that is specifically the topic at hand tonight so i guess if we were to look back on your journey and review how things were before you took on your second practice if you could just paint a little bit of a picture for us Amit. How were things at that time? How did they look? How big was the practice? Where was it? NHS private, all of that. It would be really, really interesting to get a window 
into your mindset at that time? So, yeah, it was a NHS practice, um, approximately 10,000 UDA contract. Um, and I recently started my implant diploma um, and was really focusing my efforts on doing more private dentistry. Um, so we wanted to revamp the practice initially. So we moved it from two to four surgeries, um, but felt that there was a bit of a disconnect for patients who wanted NHS treatment to the patients that wanted more high value treatments. So the plan was to move our private clinic to another another area, another building. Um, so we purchased another building nearby and um, thinking that two surgeries would be enough. So we had two surgeries built in there and that was practice two. And then we quickly realized that, that the private side really took off. Um, as we started to do more Invisalign, my wife um, is Invisalign only practitioner and she was doing a lot of Invisalign. We joined the MySmile network as well uh, with Sandeep Kumar and um, focused on growing our Invisalign numbers. So, so then we had the NHS practice that remained as four, uh, private one, and then realized we needed a much bigger site. So then purchased uh, a third building um, which was then dedicated to kind of high-end dentistry and I was kitted out um, to a high level to kind of have that difference. Um, and then we re-kind of branded the, the second one into a hygiene and therapy service, um, put an extra surgery in, so now our hygiene team just work at, out of that building. Um, the NHS team work in the NHS building um, and then we increase the surgeries in that building as well. And then with the the last building, um, we well, it's got five surgeries now, but we're building surgery number six in that one, um, and that's purely private, mainly implants, smile makeovers, that type of stuff. Um, and then realised again that the the demand is there for more and more of this high end stuff, and um, being only implant only, wanted to grow the implant side, grow the Invisalign composite bonding numbers, all of those things. So. Um, decided to have a completely new area and opened up a squat in Stoke-on-Trent um, just last last year in August. Um, so we're kind of six months into, into the launch of that. Um, but the new facility was um, not just a dental practice, it was to encompass a academy as well. So we've got the ground floor with five surgeries and then the upstairs is conference facilities um, and training areas. Wow. So it's been from strength to strength to strength by the sounds of it, Amit, which is awesome. And you know what? It sounds like it really wouldn't have started all of that subsequent success. Well, it didn't really start until we started thinking to ourselves, okay, we've got one practice. Now we're going to expand into a second practice, which of course led into multiple sites, which is amazing. So hats off to you, mate. A team of 110 people is yeah, quite some you. flipping achievement and you must be amazing at delegating because that is a skill that is required whenever that happens yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean delegation is kind of critical um you know i've got some exceptional managers senior managers um and tcos and the full team have just been given so much of the effort and not just from a delegation from a management and admin perspective but uh, the associates as well the associates have been trained to be able to offer complex dentistry that a lot of the complex dentistry that I was doing they're trained to do it so that not everything rests on me and my wife's shoulders anymore 
Love it, my man. So let's go right back to the relative start of that journey. And that was the day that you decided actually one site was not where you saw yourself in the long term and you wanted to expand in the multiple sites. How did you find that transition different to perhaps the transition that you went through whenever you went from associate to principal in the very first instance? Yeah, so I mean, um, I was an associate for a number of years, and um, the dream was always to have my own practice. I don't think I ever planned to have more than one practice. And I think when we had that first practice and we'd refurbished it to four surgeries, we were quite happy and content with what we wanted. It was really the dentistry that pushed us to continue offering more and more services rather than us as individuals wanting more buildings. So like I said, the, the the next two buildings are all based on offering different private treatments and giving the patient a better experience. And so we kind of just grew and grew. So the mindset was very different. When we first bought the practice, there was a need and I want to have a practice. And the other ones have just been almost a snowball effect from wanting to offer all these different services. And the you know having the academy as part of that, that's another snowball effect in that the number one thing I always get asked is, how do you grow your Invisalign numbers? How do you grow your implant numbers? How do you grow your private associates' income? Um, and how do how do they improve their clinical skills? And so the academy really is going to encompass that, which is to teach people those things. Um, and yeah, that that's really pretty much it. And I think because we've got such now a big good clinical team, um, a lot of the clinicians who have their own specialities um, also want to start teaching what they but they they are very good at amazing so would you say that it sounds like it came back to having a very strong why in the first instance because it wasn't really about hey how can we triple down in terms of praxis and make way more money or anything along those lines it was more something along the lines of okay actually we've got this amazing god-given ability to help people and really if we want to magnify that opportunity as much as possible and have as much impact on the world then this is very much the vehicle yeah so we we um in, i think it was 2017 when we we did um the colin campbell business course uh, nice. and the first module of that was you you know the homework that we had to take home was to create our own why what is our why yeah um, my wife sat down and you know took it really seriously and we put a why together um which we put on the website as well now and we've always remained that and the why was kind of segregated into three sections one is what we want as individuals me and my wife and that was to to ultimately make our family and friends proud of what we've achieved that was our kind of why and then it was for our patients what we wanted to offer our patients that we wanted to blow them away with all the services and treatments and then the third one was the the team and the staff we wanted our staff to feel that they've got somewhere really proud that they want to work at so you know, in all the practices, as much as we make a nice waiting room and a nice surgery, we also really ensure that the staff facilities are just as high end as everything else. Whereas you've been to loads of practices, haven't you? Everyone has a nice waiting room and then they have the smallest, tiniest little staff room with no facilities whatsoever, as is the opposite. We've got facilities for all of those things. Amazing, man. So investing in your team and looking after them is a big mo of of what you do okay amazing okay cool so let's go back to obviously that transition because we want to just really 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 home in on moving from single practice to multiple practice given that that is the title of this 
podcast and off this Facebook Live. So I'm curious, from a technical perspective, what things did you notice were different? Did you, for example, find it easier because you already had a lot of the know-how of how to run a dental practice? Or was it really hard because it required a different skill set, given that you had to become, well, what we were referring to earlier, maybe you had to master the art of delegation, even more so or take it to the next level? What did you notice about that journey? Maybe more from a technical standpoint. From a technical perspective, it's the the knowledge of building work, planning permission, advertising, all of these things were kind of new to me. Um, and each building had its own problems, had its own structural issues. So you almost become knowledgeable in the building trade. And you also start forming really good links with the building trade because you can't build a practice without good builders. Um, and so building a dental surgery and okay, you've got a vision for a building and how that building, because three of the buildings were, you know, old houses. So converting an old house into a dental practice. Um, and then these were all old buildings. So two of them are 18th century buildings um, to convert them and to comply with um, planning rules. And you have to have a lot of knowledge. So, um, you know, we had project managers that helped us with it. We had good planning. Um, well, planning was always difficult. So as much as like so i think the the two of the buildings took us about two years just to get planning and ultimately we wanted to buy the building and open the practice within six months but if you you, you can't just do that as much as you might have the building team ready to do it yeah you, you need to get planning permission and um we had big hurdles with planning permission um so learning all of those things really but i think as each project went along um like the latest one that we opened, it becomes easier and easier. You start trusting your building team. You start delegating that to them. Um, and the last building, I mean, I think I was on site once a month. I was already there because the the team that we work with just know what I want and they know how to deliver it. So it wasn't like I was on site every day seeing what's going on. So it does become easier. Yeah. You, you trust, you've got to learn to trust those <clears throat> that you work with. That's reassuring to hear because it's almost like a skill almost in itself, understanding exactly what the other person wants. And one of the main things that forms a skill is repetition. It just so happens that this is a very highly leveraged skill. This is building dental practice. So there's a great wisdom in starting and just getting the ball rolling and understanding that's part of the process, would you say? Yeah, and uh, knowing that that budget that you think you ha- you've got is going to be blown out of the water. <laughs> to have contingencies in place in terms of finances uh, to make sure you've got funding plus extra funding just in case. Um, and then having a strategy for each practice on how you're going to fill up that, that book and those surgeries because it's all good and well building a five-surgery practice or a three-surgery practice, but you know to fill up three surgeries worth of patients just from the onset it's not an easy you know it's not an easy process so you've got to you've got to be good at knowing what patients want you've got to be good at your marketing everything that you've not been taught at dental school the business side you've got to get good at and you've got to learn it all big time and you know what that actually leads me on to the next thing I was curious about so when you open your very first practice listen you you, you I'm sure that there'll be mentors there'll be people who guide you and what have you, and they can give you some sort of formula that you can use and apply to your dental practice. Now, that will be the formula that works for them. The formula that works for you and the next person and the next person is going to be a slight variation 
on that. So naturally, when you open our first practice, there's a little bit of hidden hope. And then with time, we refine that formula. What would you say the formula is for you and your experience? And what I mean by that is do this in this order or put a lot of emphasis on this particular thing, be that your marketing or really make sure you have a good team. First of all, or maybe it's really hard to distill. I know that that's a difficult question. It's really hard to distill it down to a few things. Maybe just some high level pointers with regards to things that you find super important. Super important is the building team, knowing you can trust your project manager. If you can trust your project manager, then that you're free from that part. Um, working with a team that know dental as well is critical. So as much as you work with builders, you got to, they got to know all the dental compliance so that again you don't need to think about it so that you're free to sort out the funding to continue working and earning money to make sure the project can continue going forward um and i'd probably say to in the same time you're spending time on the business in terms of knowing to start the marketing process and start starting all of that because if you've got good builders and they're sorting out everything, then at least you can start working on launching a new practice. So as each practice has launched, um, we've got better and faster at filling up the surgeries. My man, that's awesome. All right, listen, thank you so much for your wisdom tonight. I love to keep these live, so about the 20-minute mark, because I find that that is the best for engagement purposes and making sure that everybody can absorb every single piece of wisdom that we have on offer because they're powerful, punchy, and concise. Let's imagine... Amit, the current version of Amit in 2024, was able to go back and speak to that Amit that was just about to open his second practice, put his hand on his shoulder and tell him a few things. What would you say those things would be? Would you say it's the team? Would you say it's the marketing? Or would it be anything over and above that? It'd be the team. So making sure that any uh, staff that is not on brand and not following your philosophy, get rid of sooner rather than later. Because them, them lingering on, slows you down um, and puts doubts in your mind to think that you difficult. can't so difficult though right difficult. it is difficult it is difficult but as you as you get yeah as you do more and more practices you re- you can quickly realize who's on board and who's not um and then not you know and then being free from it and then the second thing is is just believe that it's going to work you know if you believe it's going to work then you will do everything you can in your power not to fail um so you know there's been times when yeah financially we're really really struggling as you launch new, each new practice, the, the cash flow, the money problems become worse and worse. Um, but you've got to believe that there's an end result, you know, and it's gonna it's gonna come back, and you're gonna churn it out, and and you're forced to because you're you're, you're each time you open up the new practice, you're always going back to backwards in terms of your capital that you've got. Um, so you've got to believe that you're just gonna it's gonna work, and you're gonna turn it around. Hell yeah, man. Rock solid beliefs under the bonnet because it is far from plain smoothing all of the time in business. Yeah, yeah 100%. And it's the whys as well, I always find. Because if it's, if it's not about the money and you know your whys there, well then I, it's very easy to just, the fuel that you need, the, the thing that you can lean on, it's very easy just to think to yourself, oh, if I'm not going to do this, who else is going to do it? And then you, all of a sudden you're like, actually, hell yeah, let's go. Something that's that's what goes on inside my head anyway mate okay cool listen it's been really amazing to benefit from yeah, no thank you for having me on it's uh interesting thank oh bro you. always a pleasure always a pleasure yeah. we'll get you back on soon amit for the people who are listening to the podcast how are the best getting in touch with you should anything that you said today interest them be that some guidance whenever it comes to open a practice or be that your implant courses or however the heck that looks 
Yeah, so you can contact me on my Instagram, uh, Dr. Amit Jilka, um, and message me, instant message me. Um, and you can also go on our website and message the academy as well, um, you know, in terms of implant, how to grow your implant numbers, which was the last course we did. Um, and a few weeks ago, we did a course on uh, with my smile on how to increase your Invisalign conversions. So, yeah, just keep out for the Academy at Abbey House Dental. And where you do things a little differently, Amit, is it's not just the clinical aspect of implants. It's also the business side of things, too, right? Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, the, the course that we did on the weekend was purely at people that are placing implants but want to grow their numbers. So it was purely business related rather than anything really clinical. Very, very, very cool. All right. Well, Amit, as I say, thank you so much for your time. Once again, this Tuesday evening on the Dennis Invest Group. We're looking forward to having you back super duper soon. Take care. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit follow or subscribe so you can stay up to date with information on new podcasts which are released weekly. Please also feel free to leave a positive review so others can learn about this podcast and benefit from it. I would also encourage any fans of the podcast to sign up to the free Facebook community from which the podcast originated. Please search Dentists Who Invest on Facebook and hit join to become part of a community of thousands of other dentists interested in improving their finances, well-being and investing knowledge. Looking forward to seeing you on there.